thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. Hi. Hi. Hi, Allison. <laughs> this is so uh, great. It is, it is. And it's just Allison and Tanya today uh, here to discuss Haiku by Haruichi Furutate, book number one in a long series. And we've only tackled book number one. So this is just a little intro discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So we got a nice little taste of the book and the characters. And I don't like, I'm excited about it. I really enjoyed this book a lot. So. Yeah, I'd like to keep reading. And I also, my library had a set of five DVDs that I haven't been able to tackle yet because BTS. <laughs> there doesn't seem to They're be They're keeping time. us very busy They're, these days. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, my dance card, our dance cards have all been very full. <laughs> so I have not tackled this five DC, CD set yet, but I'm thinking my library only has like 10 of the books and apparently there are quite a few. So I might have to do the DVD route. How about oh, you? They only have 10? Yeah, they have like number one, number eight, number, I don't know, 12, something. You know, it's very random. It's not even the first 10 books. Oh, that's frustrating. Yeah. Um, I think ours has all like up to the 40s is what nice. I saw when I was putting um, a hold on the first one. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the DVD, so I might go back and look for them. I don't, I don't love anime, like, mm-hmm. so I don't watch, I don't watch it. I don't like mm-hmm. cartoons. Um but this one, because now I've read the book and I'm sort of invested in the characters, I, I might make an exception. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to dive in. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So do you want to give us a little synopsis? Okay. The first book is really setting the stage, right, for the conflict mm-hmm. and for the protagonists and, and everything. And, and a would-be antagonist, who I have a feeling will end up not being an antagonist eventually. <laughs> And so uh, there are a lot of characters that get introduced, especially later in this first volume. But so we'll just talk about the two main characters so far. At least that's what I'll introduce. Um, The first is our main protagonist, which is Shoyo Hinata. When the story starts, he's in middle school. He attends Yukikoaka Middle School. And he is a dreamer and he has a volleyball dream, an unshakable volleyball dream. And he is a hitter. uh, And he aspires to be like a star volleyball player who like him is very diminutive like very you know petite in stature small in stature and this star player is called the little giant so he dreams to be the next little giant and then his would-be antagonist is Tobio Kageyama who is a setter so he places the ball for the hitter's I don't know. I don't know the terminology. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> hit it, to, hit it. to do the volleyball things. <laughs> to hit the ball over the net. Do the things. <laughs> so Shoyo Hinata is a total rookie uh, for reasons we'll get into. His 
school doesn't have a proper team for boys at least and has never been able to train or play properly he just has this unshakable dream and so but Tobio Kageyama, the setter, is called the king of the court. He's very experienced. He's also in middle school when the story starts. He goes to Kitagawa Daiichi Middle School. And I don't speak Japanese, by the way, so forgive me if, if I'm not doing well. And he is very experienced and very perfectionistic, right? He knows all the things and is very frustrated that uh, when he finally meets Shoyo, that he doesn't know all the things <laughs> or know how to do all the things <laughs> and is so and is so small in stature as well. So, yeah. yes. And then what you'll see as the story goes on is that so they're at these rival middle schools. So they become rivals right away, even though uh, Shoyo is an upstart and doesn't really have the potential to be a full rival yet. But they both end up going to the same high school. Aha. And thus, thus, thus our story begins. Of course they do, right. <laughs> uh, so Allison, I have no previous experience reading manga. This was my very first one. I do like anime of the Miyazaki fantasy variety. So Spirited Away, Kiki's mm. Delivery Service, Howl's Moving Castle, that kind of thing. I don't know a lot of other anime. I've only watched a few others. And this, I, I, I always think of Miyazaki as being more like animation, J Japanese animation. You know, it's kind of like, like on this whole other sphere. But you have experience reading manga. So can you tell us a little bit about what you enjoy and how you got started? Yeah, I have baby experience. Uh -huh. So years ago, I did a middle school book club in one of the middle schools here in town. And it was just two other, like it was myself and my coworker at the library. And we would go to one of the middle schools in town and we would do this little book club. And there was only two middle schoolers, sweet angels that wanted to join our nerdy library book club. And they were really into manga. And so we just read whatever they wanted to. I don't even, this was probably... 15, 16 years ago. So I don't even remember what they had us read, but that was my first introduction to it. And we just read whatever series they would throw our way and then we'd discuss it each week. And I've been reading, there's one BL manga called Cherry Magic that I started. And I've read some here and there over the years, just like whatever has been popular. I read The Way of the House Husband recently. And that was really fun. So just things that are recommended, I'll jump into it and then jump back out when I get distracted by something else. So I've read some, but not as much as others, obviously. <laughs> it takes me a few pages to get back into how you read it. And then I can, you know, my brain catches on pretty quick. Yeah, it's it's fun. How about you? How was your experience? And did you struggle with the reading order? No, I mean, of course, as a newbie, and I didn't do my homework beforehand, I totally, you know, opened it up from the Western, you know, the Western way. And I saw the, <laughs> I loved the little page that was like, you're reading the wrong way. And it, and it has a, a helpful little chart. And I think you sent a chart to Megan, which she posted to the podcast Instagram. Yeah, no, I caught on quickly. And, and at first I was surprised, but then I thought, well, of course they would do it that way because otherwise you'd have to redraw all the drawings. <laughs> Plus it's good. I think it, it makes your brain work differently. It's probably really mm -hmm. good for us to do this I would imagine mm -hmm. from a from a brain health perspective so I, yeah. I really enjoyed reading a different way it really made me more alert and uh made everything really fresh yeah I have, I have a couple of newbie questions if you don't mind oh um, sure that I did not, I can ask. did not prepare you for <laughs> they just kind of popped up in my mind while we were getting ready first is 
for someone like me who's just getting started, it sounds like there's there's sort of young adult manga, but there's also adult manga. So it's not just a young adult thing. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some very adult themed manga out there. I, I can imagine. <laughs> kind of like fanfic level adult themed. Okay. Gotcha. And can yeah, you... <laughs> usually that's a uh, saran wrapped in the uh, Barnes and Noble aisle. And so oh, okay. it's, <laughs> it's gotcha. under wraps, literally. <laughs> okay. I hear you. And then for if you're on a budget, because because they do have so many books often in a, in some of the mm-hmm. series, is it something that you can get in ebook form? Does that happen? Is that a thing? That is a thing, um, and it's probably easier to find like ebooks at least because I'm trying to figure out the best way to read BL manga, and most of what I'm finding is. It seems if I was tech savvy, that would be the way to do it is to find websites that have BL manga. It's not impossible to find it in printed format. There's a lot of like e-reader availability. So like Kindle or whatever you have for an e-reader, you can find them that way. So yeah. That's good to know. Good. I'm going to look into it some more then because I I do enjoy it. It's nice. It's a nice change from other styles of reading because it's so visual. I like it. Uh-huh. There's my library has a really great selection. So I've I got lucky. Like The Way of the House has been has 10 books in the series so far. I don't know if they're done if the series is all out and my library had all of them. So I haven't had to put a big investment in cuz I can read one of these in a couple of hours. And so when you think of like buying a 44 volume like what we read today, like that that's 44 books and at right. 10 a pop, that's a lot of money. So <laughs> it reminds me of the, for those who have seen the K-drama, I always get the name name backwards. Is it 2521 or 2125? A lot of the story is Kim Diddy's character going to the bookshop to rent them. So that must be how yes. it's often done is that they're, they're rented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was another, there was another K-drama that had that and I can't remember it now, but it's like these two oh, beautiful... True, True Beauty had the yeah. the horror manga shop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It looks so that fun. That was so cool. Yeah. I've I've read Western graphic novels. Um, so this mm-hmm. is, I just realized, so this is like my first foray into manga, but I really like, um, there's a whole genre for anybody who might be interested of, they're not even novels, it's graphic. And by that, I mean pictorial, not disgusting, gross. <laughs> graphic journalism so like yeah. for example there's that there's an author guy delisle and he writes um sort of travel logs and sort of journalistic perspective travel log about his times living in other countries that's <laughs> a fun comp is to look for graphic novels because mm. i mean there's tons of really incredibly done graphic novels um and sometimes you can find standalones which is nice there's one that comes to mind that i read years ago called Blanket that was really good. I read a couple last year um, that were both just really beautiful and incredibly done. So I'll send you the titles for those. Nice. Thank you. They were all standalones. Okay. Very cool. In such a small book, this was one introduction into this huge series. There was just a lot packed in there in terms of finding inspiration and sort of these mic drop life lessons. And I was just struck by Shoyo's passion and just this is what I'm going to do I'm going to be a little giant on the court and I it got me thinking of like have I ever been that inspired (laughs) about something have I ever dedicated I mean 
watch out if we're trying to get BTS tickets. <laughs> like we are exactly. determined. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then Ticketmaster is like, no, you can't put in your code. You're not getting. <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it just made me trauma. think, like, oh, so much trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it made me think, like, have you ever been inspired? to that level in the past or what has inspired you gosh you know I have never I I can get very single-minded about things and I have accomplished some things but never in the way that somebody for example in BTS has I mean of course the characters in this book I'm not surprised that they're so into it because that single-minded determination that that total relentless push for your dream is not anything I've ever been able to do. And I I don't seem to be wired that way. I like to dabble in things and I like to, you know, I like a lot of time off. (laughs) I like to chill out a lot and that's not really conducive to achieving something on that level. So I think my, probably the biggest things I've kind of dedicated myself to before being a BTS army, (laughs) which seems to be everything these days was, you know, I made it through a very difficult grad school program when I was in my 20s. Um, That wasn't easy. I wasn't as, um, I didn't have a fire lit under me about it like some of my classmates did. But, you know, it still was a a lot of hard work to be able to get through law school. So that was something. And then probably, honestly, and and I can say this to you, since you are a mental health professional, therapy (laughs) was really scary. And I had to really dedicate myself to that for a long time to go through that healing process, which many people who who have gone through that will know what I mean, I think, because it can be Mm. very difficult. And Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, these days it's fangirling, (laughs) which is, you know, for joy. It's a hobby (laughs) that I'm very excited about, as you know. How about you? I used to watch Martha Stewart religiously just because mm. I like years ago, like 20 some years ago. And she had a quilter on the show. I can't remember the quilter's name, but I just was really admired her, the technique that she used and her style. And so I, my mom was quilting and I had quilted for a while and still do, but I was she started doing workshops out of her studio in Connecticut. So I Mm. flew to New York and went to one of her workshops and got to, you know, spend the afternoon in her workshop and learn her technique um, with a few other quilters. And that was really fun, but it wasn't this level of passion of like, I'm going to find anybody and everybody that will. Right. And And I'm going to, I'm going to be at the top of the quilting world. (laughs) Domination. Yeah, I had uh, great dreams of doing that and like opening my own quilting business. But you have to have consistency with that and you have to follow through and those are not skills. (laughs) Those are are not me either. (laughs) I always have ideas, but I don't have follow through. (laughs) (laughs) But I, my friends are just incredibly intelligent women in you know, have all inspired me in some way. And many of them are therapists themselves. And so when I was going through grad school, just being able to talk with my friends and sort of be like, okay, they did it, I can do it. You know, having examples of people who have done difficult things can be really inspiring. And so um, I think about them as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of what we get out of BTS too. (laughs) 
I know I was just listening to a recent episode from our sister podcast, Afternoon of Delight, and uh, our very own Leah, who's also on that podcast, was talking about something very similar to this, about how much BTS often is inspiring a lot of energy and creative flow for a lot of us, and kind of even for us more mature fans, even reawakening some of that that had been dormant for a long mm -hmm. time. So it's really, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, mm -hmm. that's one wonderful thing that I'm getting out of it. Mm -hmm. And I keep yeah, hearing from like others. Yeah, like you were saying earlier, just to see their dedication and like everything that they gave up to be in BTS and just as mind-blowing, like I have a very low threshold for discomfort, but I'm like, no, sometimes you got to push yourself and sometimes <laughs> you have to be uncomfortable. And, yeah. you know, like we may talk about this a little bit more, but Shoyo was so determined he would just go to anybody who would play volleyball with him. And like, he's like, I'll play volleyball in the hallway if I need mm -hmm. to, because I want to be, you know, the best. And I think that was a really cool moment as well. And I think that the other main character was sort of taken aback by that of, oh, like, you love this. Yeah, yeah, you'll do anything. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I found it very interesting that the BTS members loved this story so much. And did I understand, right, that it was important to Namjoon and he asked them to read it? Do I remember that correctly from somewhere? I don't, that was not surprise me because I think mm -hmm. that he just does that with all the books that he yeah, reads. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. that's true, then I can, if it's true, then I can see why, because of course the whole story is about these very different people all relentlessly driven having to you know sacrifice some parts of their dreams or change some parts of their dreams and adapt to become part of a team and i can only imagine that the rest of the the next you know 39 or however many books are all about that process of them becoming a team together because these two rivals have to who have very different personalities who have to learn to work mm -hmm. together and we know well, we don't, I don't know, but I think I have read, and here's where my bad memory always gets me in trouble, that there was, I think Yungi even said, like, when they very first got together, he even felt some kind of rivalry, not like a horrible rivalry, like more of a friendly or, but somewhat uneasy rivalry, rivalry with Namjoon, because they've mm. both been rappers on the underground scene and, and things like that. It must have been hard. I mean, I can't, can't imagine what it took for all of them to be able to become what they are now being as they often say such different people and all mm -hmm. so 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 driven to perform mm -hmm. and to, to perfect their craft mm -hmm. yeah. It, yeah, it, it made me step back and appreciate it i'm sorry yeah go ahead no yeah <laughs> it it does when you put it in that context and i think we talked about that recently like right around when they announced that that they were going to be working on individual projects in the hiatus that you know he said something to the effect of like we had to give up our individual selves to be bts and just reading this you know book i can imagine was very formative for them as they became the bts that they are because like you were saying of like okay we have to sort of make our pieces fit together and work together and give up you know little pieces of who we are um, as individuals to better create this puzzle that we're making so yeah. and like what a, okay I think this is going to come up every time we talk about um, the books here but like what a great leader for RM to see that vision and to be like okay mm -hmm. so here's how this plays out in this book and this is why I'm going to make everybody read it yeah, it must have been for to his 
young mind at the time it must have been somewhat instructive or somewhat inspirational mm. yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's great no i remember too when um just recently j-hope came out with jack in the box there was a music critic in korea very well-known one who reviewed it and uh, said this being the first official solo album release of, of one of the members you could really see with all the individuality coming out, it made that music critic think about how much artistically each one of them has had to sacrifice in order to maintain, mm -hmm. to build and maintain the team. And so it seems to definitely be a thing. So it really just made me appreciate it mm -hmm. uh, more reading this book. I had never mm -hmm. really dwelled on it before. Yeah. I love it. Um, so <laughs> me, too. me too. Yeah. I really thought about them so much reading this one. Yeah. So JK Reese, I don't remember when it was, but he, oh, when he had COVID and he was doing all those Q and A's on Instagram, somebody asked him who his favorite character was. And he said, um, Tobio, oh, how do you uh, say Tobio it? Kageyama, Kageyama, but he said that was his favorite character, which I think tracks for him. Totally. <laughs> me too. Me too. Although I, I think he's probably much sweeter than Kageyama, at least at the beginning. <laughs> of course, we don't know how he turns out later yet. But in the beginning, he's very grouchy, growly, perfectionistic, doesn't want to cooperate, really is trying to be a one-man team. Nobody else can live up to his standards. And so he doesn't want to, for example, he'll only set the ball for a hitter who he thinks is playing well enough, never mind whether it's good for the team or not, you know? <laughs> and then, of course, I don't, I doubt that Jungkook was like that, but I could see Jungkook is such a natural talent, just like they all always say. He's just so good at things. And it doesn't seem to be as hard for him to learn things and pick mm -hmm. things up. And he so learns so well and is so good at almost everything he tries. So I could imagine that it might be hard for him to relate to the struggle of others to learn. I, I can imagine, you know, because we've heard from Jin how much he struggled to learn to dance and he had to learn to sing too because he was originally going to be an actor. And Jimin of course, came as a highly trained dancer, but didn't know how to sing. J-Hope didn't know how to rap. And so they were all struggling to learn these new skills and things. Of course, he worked like a dog, right? But right. He, but things just, they've always said that things seem to come nat a little more naturally for him. So right. it must have been hard to understand sometimes. <laughs> Go I know. I can't even imagine, like, thinking about it from JK's perspective of, you know, like I can see how that character would be his favorite just because of that natural competition or that yeah. natural talent and the competitive drive. And I think that JK probably reads that and is like, oh, thank goodness I had my older brothers to, to soften the, uh, that like grouchy side of him. But then just listening to that perspective of like, I would be so resentful of JK if I was spending twice or three times as many hours in the dance studio trying to learn the moves and he just would come in and be like oh okay I got this you it's know it reminds me he of was that. the Makne yeah <laughs> thing. he was lucky that he was the Makne <laughs> it reminds me of that uh moment when Crush said J-Hope just came in and learned the dance in 30 minutes <laughs> it's exactly. like okay <laughs> that's not fair <laughs> exactly exactly you know this this question reminded me when I was thinking about Jungkook as an individual and and when he was so young and they were all mentoring him and as they often say raising him <laughs> in their in their family their their uh, makeshift family that uh there was that funny 
incident that made it actually even into the in the psalm video game which was the banana incident <laughs> do you remember hearing about that where no uh, remind Jung- me jungkook got a gift basket of fruit a fruit basket gift apparently from a fan that's what they said anyway i think and he was very very young and they he didn't want to share it it was like his a big present that he had gotten from a fan and he was like this is mine and j-hope was eating one of his bananas out of the fruit basket <laughs> and jungkook got really cranky about it because he was just a kid you know and uh j-hope threw the banana at him because he got so mad that he, because he was like he was basically he threw it at him like you are misbehaving you are not being a proper you know family member and sharing and, and doing a team member and doing what you're supposed to do by sharing and you're only thinking of yourself so he threw the banana at him of course he was really young too and they laugh about it now but <laughs> so in 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 the song the video game i don't even know what level it was but about halfway through the first part <laughs> there's this moment where the cartoon j-hope throws the banana <laughs> cartoon <J-Hope. laughs> hilarious oh my gosh i know and then in our very last pre-military run bts field day episode they even talked about this book haiku Mm -hmm. and uh there was that lovely moment uh or a few of them even where they were playing were they playing foot volleyball is that what they were playing? No, it was just regular think, volleyball. Yeah, it was just regular yeah. on like the smallest court ever. It was like <laughs> like a postage stamp. Five feet by five feet. <laughs> and they were talking about Haikyuu and it, and they looked, especially Taehyung and Jungkook seemed so happy to be remembering it. It must it was a, you could tell that they had gotten a lot of joy out of it. They had these huge smiles and they were practicing. Like if, when you look at the drawings in the book, when Shoyo is hitting his body curves like the shape of a C over the net, right? Or mm. or by the net, you know? And so he's like this perfect sort of um, crescent moon form. And in the in that last run BTS, Taehyung and Jungkook are doing that. They're jumping up to the net and making the crescent moon shape with their bodies. And they're just having a, a blast. So I And I had already read the book when I saw that. So I was like, oh, I know what they're doing. <laughs> I loved that like this was perfect timing to read this book because I had read the book as well before I watched it and it was just fun to hear them reference it like it like you said just the immediate smiles around everybody's faces because they obviously love the book love the series so that was really fun (laughs) yeah yeah and that makes me want to continue to read it because yeah um, they obviously got so much out of it and I I really I think one of the reasons I really want to read the rest of it is that it, it seems like it was so inspirational and perhaps even instructive for them about how to build a team and to mm-hmm. to channel your personal drive into the drive for the team that I, I feel like if we read it, we're going to learn more about them too, probably mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. It does make me want to read the rest of the series. Like it's mm-hmm. quick read. Plus it's just really well done. Yeah. I was looking, just doing some research for this and there was so many haiku, uh, tattoos that I saw oh like the characters or like the volleyball team name it was really fun I was like huh I don't know that I would get them tattooed on me but that's cool (laughs) that it has such a fan base wow it must be powerful then if people identify with it that strongly yeah yeah (laughs) wow that's great well I think it's as that powerful because it hits on so many important lessons that I think would have been maybe helpful for me to be 
reading when I was that age um, because it talks about you know never giving up on your dreams it talks about determination in getting uncomfortable and putting yourself out there I read the the physical copy and so they would have like little player stats where they'd like the player and then the height and then the position and then they had like a a chart that was like here's their areas um so like strength speed intelligence i don't remember what else because i had to take mine back to the library but in that like every player every character in the book had an area where they weren't as strong but then i think they'll probably go into this a little bit more but just like how that's not always a bad thing and they're that creates the teamwork because then you have to rely on your team members to sort of provide that area and like, well, you're not as fast. Well, this person is fast. And so, you know, using each other's strengths. And even if you lose, you can still learn from it. Friendly competition, you know, not comparing yourself to others, you know, never giving up before it's over was a big one. You know, he's like, we haven't played this game. I'm playing till the end. And then, you know, just why are they all there to have fun? Was there a message that stuck with you as you were reading it? Yeah, definitely more than one. And I think one was something that you just touched on, which was um, how I, I do wish I could have read these books at that age, because they deal a lot with something that BTS has talked about, which is that, you know, pushing through despite failure. And that's like for such a young kid, middle school kid, Shoyo is not afraid to fail. He just keeps trying and trying and trying. And he knows he needs, he knows he has a lot to learn. And like you said before, he keeps seeking it out and will just practice and fail over and over and over again to get stronger. And that is a very adult skill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it would have been very a good kind of uh, model for me because I didn't really know that I could like identify a particular dream and, and be that dedicated to it and pursue it and you know, maybe I would have been just like I am now anyway, but it would have been good to think about. And mm-hmm. I, may, I may, I think I maybe could have developed better habits, you know, about uh, setting goals and, and working hard for them. And I think BTS would have been a good role model too at that age, a very good role mm-hmm. model in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because I think of, you know, how many times being perfect or doing something well like the first time or the first couple times that mindset stopped me from doing something that I just simply enjoyed. Not even that the expectation was that I would do it for some national competition or anything, but like, why would I stop it just because it doesn't turn out well if I'm enjoying the process of it? Yeah, exactly. Um, And why would it turn out well at the beginning? Why would it? Right. (laughs) This is something I understand now and I did not, and I think of how much um, agony and how many missed opportunities, you know, I would have avoided if I had understood that earlier. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I see it in my students too. So I don't think it's even just a generational issue. I mean, there may be some change, but I see in my students perfectionism, fear of failure, fear of being judged for failing when they're doing something for the very first time. Mm-hmm. We, we actually talk about it a lot in class. You know mm-hmm. that that failure is part of it. They this, but it's really hard for them to swallow that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's still still a problem for you for young people. Yeah. Right. That's one of the things that I try to use my journals for, and I'm not always super successful at it, but just sort of like reflecting on, okay, what went well and what didn't and what 
can I do better next time? And that you have to be uncomfortable with that Mm. and sit with like some yucky, well, this didn't work out and I have to try something different. And that's hard. And I liked this book for that reason of people can do hard things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this and, and especially BTS has got me thinking even in the, the age that I'm at now in my early 50s, like, well, well, maybe it's not too late to start thinking about this. Do I have mm-hmm. a dream that I've given that I gave up on a long time ago? Is there anything I would still want to try? What would that be? And do I have the determination, if so, to, to see it through? And so it's something mm-hmm. I've just started to think about, actually, like, what were some of my old dreams? And are any of them things I should be thinking about pursuing? Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so I just I'm just at the beginning stage of that thought process right now <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's fun and inspiring mm-hmm. it is there's it a is. a really cool um art book called the crossroads of should and must and um oh. I read it right before I went into grad school and in one of the pages it's like a double page and she lists 20s and then she lists some you know person who did something in their 20s and their 30s and there was I think the 70s she you know so and so graduated from college for the first time and like I just remember reading that because when I went back to school I think I was in my mid to late 30s and reading that and just crying because it's like oh yeah I'm not too old to do right this, right and I, I have to keep remembering that it's a, yeah. that's great to hear I, I'd like to read that I need that it's really <laughs> cool yeah it's wonderful oh. yeah I love I love it because it's like you just go do the things do right, the things right. that bring you joy <laughs> yeah and thanks to therapists like you I'm finally at a point where I'm not afraid to fail or terrified of you know, trying new things. And so this would be a great time to do something like that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll continue to inspire each other. (laughs) Fantastic. What are any other uh, lessons of of the many in this, even in just in this first little volume that stuck with you? Anything else? I think what stuck with me was the consistency in the practice and how important that is because I, you know, like everybody, like everybody does this to some extent of like, well, I'm going to start this and then you start it and then you do it for a little while and then you you fall off. But just that idea of if it's important to you, make the time and figure out how to do it, even if it's just for little bits and pieces. And I, you know, we've I've journaled for 30 some years And the reason why I've been able to do consistency is because like, I know that that's the first thing I do in the morning and I don't think about it anymore. I just found when it would fit into my routine and and, then I put it there and it's been the, the most consistent practice that I've had. But you have to do that with things. You just have to figure out, okay, where does this fit? And then forgive yourself when you don't do it and then go back to it. Yeah, (laughs) you you kind of have to keep recommitting to it. It's almost like a marriage, right? You have to keep deciding every day, I still want to be in this and work for it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so there's some things in my life that I'm like, okay, how do I recommit to this every day? And, you know, how do I mentally just say, okay, today is going to be a day where I have to play volleyball in the hallway because this is the only way, you know, practicing this skill or doing this thing is going to work, so... Very good. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> the things that they would bring us to realize and to think about. It's amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay. You had a great question here. Um, even though we don't know the series well enough yet, did you have any other glimpses of 
the BTS members and some of the characters as they were as they're slowly being introduced to us in the first volume. So the BTS is the characters. J-Hope as Shoyo Hinata seems pretty, <laughs> pretty on brand. This was from the internet. I don't remember where I found this question. Um, and then Shiga as, can you say oh, his name? Yeah, uh, Tobio, Tobio. Tobio, <laughs> as Tobio, which, you know, the, the grumpy, uh, <laughs> grumpy sunshine comparison, comparison seems pretty accurate. The grumpy the, genius. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the other the other character's name but he's he's talked about quite a bit in the book and he's like guys figure this out we can all work Mm. together he seemed sort of the one that was going to help as we continue down the series going to be a driving force and bringing them together and sort of helping them see each other's perspective and Mm -hmm. that very much said Jim into me of like you know it's just a sweet little angel making sure that everybody's (laughs) gonna yeah and I could see some Nam June in that too because there was a maybe it's not the same student when they when they both make it to the same high school and discover that they're going to be teammates instead of rivals and there's the the older their first years of course freshmen and then there's these older students that are supposed to that are on the team that are kind of trying to mentor them and help them to mature as people and also as players and one of them and it may be the same one reminded me of Namjoon a bit because he was kind of like, you know, putting them, you know, peacemaking and putting them in situations where they would have to learn to work together and kind of teaching them lessons. Like we've, we've seen those, you know, well circulated videos of the BTS members kind of mid career when they're on the award stage. And you know, that that famous one where J-Hope's giving a speech, Jungkook and Taehyung are goofing around a little bit. And Namjoon just gets this look on his face, like, I am going to kill you. basically like goes across behind them and just gives them the stare the look of death <laughs> and there's so there's like some some kind of mentoring and and teaching going on uh in that moment uh-huh. that you can see happening in the book too so that must have been interesting for him to see i wonder if it even <laughs> gave him some ideas <laughs> here's how to keep them in line <laughs> yes exactly because there's there's one moment well i, I don't want to give a spoiler because we didn't give spoiler warnings but there's a moment that if you decide to read this or if you have already where um they decide to uh kind of put the two young freshmen in their place and try to teach them a lesson so you you'll know what mm-hmm. I mean when you read it <laughs> I kind mm-hmm. of I, I could see aspects of of Hobie in Shoyo because he's you know that kid with a dream and just uh you can just picture J-Hope dancing in his bedroom night and day and never giving up and of course he had thanks to his mom and her hard work and taking on an extra job he did get formal training very young which uh, Shoyo Hinata in the book doesn't have but um but still he was he was that kid with the dream dreaming big uh it makes me now that um on the street has been released it makes me think about him bless him in his little bedroom when he was a kid dancing and probably thinking about J. Cole <laughs> watching j cole videos and oh my god so sweet oh my gosh right and it Uh, kind of i could see little bits of jin and jimin too because as we mentioned before they had to work so hard to gain skills that they needed to be in the group mm -hmm. and shoyo comes in very raw and unproven and not that jimin wasn't already a 
a, a very skilled dancer, but just, you know, the vocals and things like that. And then mm-hmm. for Tobio Kageyama, in their respective ways, like Namjoon and Yoongi came in very skilled as rappers, but then they had to learn how to dance. Jungkook was mm-hmm. just good at everything, but still had to work hard. And then, of course, Hobie came in as a very skilled dancer. And so, and, and as we know, he's a, you know, when he goes into dance teacher mode, he has extremely high standards and he expects people to step up to them and he gets mm-hmm. uh, very strict about it. I wouldn't say mean or anything, just strict, very strict. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you can see a little bit of Tobio in him when he's in dance mm-hmm. teacher mode. Yeah. Yeah. So he has little that bits. vision of what he wants. And yeah. It appears from the videos that we've seen that like (laughs) he locks eyes on you if you're not doing it. Totally, totally. Yeah, that was so cute in the Shuchuita episode recently when uh, Yoongi said, you know, I I forget who asked him. I don't think it was Tablo. I think it was one of the other guests. Oh, it was the, it was when Hoshi came on and he said something like, he, they talked about how he gets nervous when he messes up in front of J-Hope. It's cute. <laughs> it's very cute. Yeah, I love. I love his when his face changes to dance teacher mode. It's like, ooh, scary. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. It's so cute. Like you can just yeah. see it in an instant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Like he lowers his chin, and his uh-huh. eyes and his eyes get really so serious it's really uh-huh. cool to watch that so happen. focused yeah 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 his <laughs> eyes are just like laser beams <laughs> well if there's not anything else for the good of the order what are we reading next because i did not look that up oh <laughs> but you did <laughs> so if you can save me here <laughs> we are reading so march's book is stories of your life and others by ted ching so i'm very excited i think if I remember correctly I'm guessing because stories but I think it's short stories oh nice Um, so it should be a good fun read I'm sure it'll be very like thought-provoking and philosophical this is not James book club after all (laughs) yeah um so that will be our next book that we'll be talking about through the month of March fantastic good looking forward to that one I actually ordered it so I I wanted a physical copy of that one so Nice. I'll head to the library tomorrow. This gives me a good yeah. reason to go. <laughs> Take all my overdue books back and get a new one. <laughs> that will then be overdue. <laughs> well, thank you. This was really fun to talk about. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was so great. I love it. I love these little book snacks. It makes me excited yeah. to read again. <laughs> me too. Me too. I have really been reading finally back. Post, you know, during the pandemic, I gave up reading for whatever reason. I just, I didn't have the wherewithal, but, and I've always been an avid reader. So I'm, but I'm finally reading again. Thanks to you all. So it's yeah. great. I love it. I'm, I'm devouring books again, like I used to. <laughs> uh, what's your most recent read? You oh yeah. We should ask each other that. Um, I, right now I am reading and obsessed with uh, a book by Olga Tokarczuk. She's a is it Nobel or Booker Prize winning author, probably all of the above from Poland, which is, you know, my background. And so I've always been curious to read her writing. And it's called Primeval and Other Times. And it's, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of any magical realism. I'm just, I love Gabriel Garcia Marquez, you know, mm-hmm. all of the above. And so this book, and it's it's very, very magical realism. It's about a village in Poland during the interwar years and it's about war it's about families it's about the spirits that live in the forest and in the water it's about everything and it's I don't know I'm only halfway through it but it is really sparking my imagination 
the characters, mm. you know, the magic is afoot in this place, but it's a very, it's dark. It's dark. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That sounds heavy. really good. It's heavy, but still approachable. What about you? That's awesome. Mm. I just finished The Body is Not an Apology. It was really, really good. We read it for my offices. Like we're doing a monthly book club. Um, and that was our most recent book. And then last night I started a, because I'm a nerd, I'm like watching all of these BLs and I'm like, I want to know about the, you know, cultural context that yeah. BL came out of. So I'm reading like, it's a, talks about the history of BL in Japan. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. I read this. Yeah, it's, it's really good to good. educate ourselves about it, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And like I I read the introduction last night and I was like highlighting and it's on my Kindle just because that was the cheapest way I could get it. But I I was like, oh, I want to like write down notes and it's just it's fascinating to learn yeah. a little bit more about Japanese culture and where BL came from. So mm-hmm. and all the the terms and like monks used to write bl about like the accolade like it's just fascinating fascinating so i'm really enjoying it because i always just want to go to like the sociological perspective yeah, on things. of course of course so, there's a lot yeah. to learn from that yeah. it's fascinating so i'll send you the title thank you i would love yeah. that if anybody who's listening has a recommendation for a good well-regarded history of Korea that's readable, you know, something more modern that's in a very readable style. I would love to have that recommendation because I have been meaning to dig in properly and and try to really learn more about Korean history uh, and culture. So I would love a recommendation if anybody has one. Well, All thank right. you. And yeah. Borhei. Can't get enough of BTS? Cool. Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Great. Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon Delight, K-drama deep dives from three romance authors with new episodes dropping every Wednesday.